Hello and welcome back to the SCJ Preps Podcast here on SiouxCityJournal.com. Thanks for checking back in with us, with us and thank you so much for listening. If this is your first time listening, welcome in and uh, hopefully we can have you, have you throughout the rest of the school year. My name is Zach James. I'm the assistant sports editor with the Sioux City Journal and joining me as always, socially distant as usual, is sports editor Justin Rust. Coming up in this week's podcast, we'll talk about the Iowa High School football playoffs, the pods came out over over the weekend, and we'll break down what we think about those and what games catch our eye about the, those. But also, the South Dakota and Nebraska reg- football regular seasons are still going on, and we'll, of course, of course, we'll delve into those as well. From the vo- from a volleyball standpoint, we'll talk about the Iowa Girls High School Athletic Union pairings that came out last week throughout all six classes. And, of course, we'll talk about uh, the South Dakota and Nebraska scenes as well. And the cross-country seasons are approaching their post-seasons. We'll talk about those as some schools have already had their conference meets. The Missouri River will have their conference meet coming up this week. And, of course, state qualifying meets are next week before the state meets coming up on October 30th and 31st in Fort Dodge. But as always, we'll start off with the football landscape here as the Iowa High School Athletic Association announced its pods for all six classes on Saturday afternoon. No waking up, no staying up Friday night until 3 a.m., finding out where your school is. And uh, like we've talked about through the entire season, Justin, every team, well, 96% of the teams for that matter, will make the playoffs here coming up this week. A lot of area teams have buys. Some are playing. One of the big games we're looking at this week from a football standpoint is Art Weaver taking on Kingsley Pearson. I will have a preview of that game in Friday's edition of the Journal, and Barry Poe will be covering that game. And you can see a recap of that game coming up in Sunday's edition of the Journal. Uh, The Rockets and the Panthers are one of the big games we're focusing on this week, Justin. But what other football games, especially uh, from Class 4A on down, uh, catch your eye? Uh, for this first week of the Iowa high school football playoffs? Um, most of the ones, you know, just like I said, you, got, you have Helan at Humboldt. Humboldt's been decent enough where uh, Helan's going to have to show a big improvement what they've had the last few yeah. weeks. I think they hit a very big, they hit a very low water mark against, um, against Lamar's this week, a team I thought they could, and that, that's one of the better games Lamar's looked like this year. So Helan's got to have a big bounce back. Besides that, you know, there's not too many intriguing first-round matchups um, because there's a lot of buys. This is the thing when you have everyone make the playoffs, you're not going to have as many good matchups. That, that's just plain and simple because you're going to have so many buys. So um, I think you know I, that's the thing, and people are not going to like me saying that, but here's the deal. That's, that's what's going to happen. That's why when everyone makes the playoffs, the first-round matchups aren't going to match up that well. So, I mean, you look at 4A, there's a ton of buys around there. Yeah. Um, you do have teams that don't have that. Uh, let's see. I'm, I'm trying to look at one of the pods. It's kind of a little interesting to read. Like Iowa City West has a buy. It's got a Tom Watt Iowa City. Hi. It's like, mm, you know, and Pleasant Valley has a buy. They play the winner of Davenport West and Davenport Central. And I mean, outside Davenport, it's it's really not that intriguing. So West goes down to Council West Thomas Jefferson. We just saw that game last week. And, and Thomas Jefferson had 41 points, had a 41-7 lead on, on, on West. So it's it's more of the second round. You know, 3A doesn't – you know, Denison and Carroll, does that really move the needle for you for who plays Sergeant Bluff next? Lamar's at Storm Lake. Storm Lake is playing better. So you hope they continue it against against Lamar's. But the first-round matchups are, are, are kind of meh, to be, to, to, to be completely honest. You're, you're kind of looking at some intriguing second-round matchups, you know, Sheldon at Unity Christian, the winner of that gets George Little Rock. But, I mean, is there really a question? I mean, Sheldon and MLC Floyd Valley have both been pretty, you know, down this year. They've got two wins between the two teams, and they're both from Sheldon. So you expect Sioux Center to play West Line in a rematch and, and Unity versus Central Line during a rematch. So there's kind of not that many intriguing matchups. I got Clear Lake, Garner, Hayfield, Ventura, maybe – but they face the winner of Spirit Lake, and Spirit Lake just handled Garner Hayfield Ventura. So I, I don't, I don't know if there's a ton of intriguing matches. I, I want to say Woodbury Central and West Monona, but we saw that this past week, and it was a close game, sixty-three to six. Woodbury Central just absolutely 
demolish them, you know. Sioux Central at South Central Calhoun, but Sioux Central's dropped off a lot lately. They they got a ton of points to Hinton in the second half this year. So I guess that does lead maybe Hinton at Sibley Cheaton could be interesting, but is either one going to challenge West Sioux after that? So you had in that those first round matchups, and what are they going to do in that in that second round game? You know, so I don't know. There's Westwood at South O'Brien maybe, but Westwood's been struggling lately, and South O'Brien's been playing well defensively. Akron Westfield at Ridgeview. Uh, Ridgeview's been playing well the past few weeks, but they do have mm-hmm. a pass attack Akron Westfield. But Akron Westfield's been struggling defensively, so you got you got to feel. Ridgeview's got a clear advantage there, too. So, um, you know, maybe if Galen Catholic can get its running game going, but I don't know how well they can compete with Alter Roy. Maybe I'm selling some teams short here, but that it's there's there's clear advantages in all in all these games and such. So um, maybe a Tri-Center Neola at Lawton Bronson, but Tri-Center Neola hasn't been as, as good as they've been in the past few years. And Lawton Bronson had a nice win last week over, over South mm-hmm. O'Brien. So, so you got to give a clear advantage to Lawton Bronson. There's not... There's not a bunch of games that move the needle in this first round for me. Um, like, like an eight-man, West Bend versus New Old Fonda. Just, that's going to be – New Old Fonda ran all over them the first time. Remsen St. Mary's and GTRA. Remsen St. Mary's has a blowout win as, as well. So, are we Vaughn Kingsley-Pearson might be the best game on that slate uh, uh, for, for our area teams. Yeah, for our area teams, I agree with you. I, I'm a little surprised that St. Mary's being the number two team in the state didn't get a bye. Well, that, not that great. Not yeah. that GTRA is going to be a tough matchup or anything like that, but I would just would have liked to have seen the number two team get a little bit more respect. But I, I but, get but, why they didn't but, get a bye. But I, I get it too because they didn't do it by who's the best teams out there because Don Bosco didn't get a bye. That's true. They did it by they did it by area because you only have three first round teams make get a first round buy and that's only because three teams opted out not to play. If those three teams didn't opt out of the playoffs, you'd have 64 teams in the playoffs and you, there would be no buy. So, I mean, I think they did it more geographical than anything because yeah. GTRA yeah. is basically a buy and same with West Bend Mallard's basically a buy. Don Bosco is GMG. That's basically a buy. I mean, Easton Valley's playing Dunkerton this week. They just beat, Beat beat up on Dunkerton this past week, I believe. So, mm-hmm. so a lot of these first round games for eight man are, are going to get pretty lopsided pretty quickly. So, uh, that that can, that can be that's like I said, that's where if everyone makes the playoffs, you could see a lot of ugly first round scores. And to your geographical point, the t- two teams that have got two of the three teams that got buys, Montezuma and Martinsville St. Mary's, two of the teams that opted out are nearby with yep. Twin Cedars and Meltrew Dallas. So it does make sense that they did it geographically a little bit. But, um, yeah, I, I I do get it, and I do agree with you. I think these first-round games are going to mirror regular season-esque games. But I, I, I appreciate that the fact that teams who don't normally make, make the playoffs do get this feeling of making the playoffs, like a West, like a Heelan. Like like those teams who haven't tasted the playoffs do get a taste of the playoffs, even though the scores may not reflect it. It's a taste, but I mean the, the playoffs do have to be earned. I, I absolutely feel that, and they're not handing out playoff banners until the third round. I I, I think that's the right thing to do because I said I some of these scores can get really ugly really fast. Let's move to the South Dakota side of things. Vermillion comes down I-29 to North Sioux City to face Dakota Valley this week. Dakota Valley is just rolling alongside of things. Vermillion, um, last year's game, I think, was competitive up in the Dome. I kind of wish this game was up in the Dome, considering how brisk it's going to be on Friday night. Yeah. But uh, but uh, the Tanner Drews come down the, to the Panthers, and I think the Panthers are going to keep their success rolling this week. What say you? Yeah, Vermillion, spot. Vermillion is down this year. They're 1-5 this year. Dakota Valley's won five in a row. Um, they did exactly what they needed to against Lennox, who actually Lennox at one and five is the number eight team in the playoffs right now. If they were to start today, I, I, I think I see Custer or Tri-Valley moving past them at some point. Um, that's actually the season ending game for Dakota Valley is against Tri-Valley. So Tri-Valley might be fighting for their playoff lives. And when you get Tri-Valley not backed in their corner, that could be interesting. But yeah, they did. They probably gave up too many the one thing I'm guess, guessing they're going to work on this week is defense. Because mm-hmm. while they did 
while they had one of their best offensive outputs of the season, 38 points, uh, which is their second best output next to a 48-point game against Millbank, which was a big statement game for them that started this five-game winning streak, they gave up 21 points. They gave up 22 to Madison, 51 to Yankton, 21 to Sioux Falls Christian. But Lennox is a team that they probably, especially with how well that defense has been playing, Lennox has scored 35 points against Custer in the second game of the season, which is probably why I have that advantage of them in, in the playoffs right now. But besides that, this is their only their second game scoring more than 20 points. So I'm going to take a guess that the defense is going to be something that, that, that Dakota Valley is focusing on. Of course, it's opening up the offense too. You know, they scored 38 points. Keep that rolling. That's something Jeff uh, Vandenhall has been looking for. But can their defense uh, hold down the Tanagers who – who have scored a few points, 35 in their season opening win, then shut out against T, but T is 6-0 and rolling, just rolling right now. Um, Tri-Valley, 17, Yankton, 21, Sioux Falls Christian, 23, and West Central, 19. Um, they, they hung with, and, and, you know, maybe, maybe I think I might be selling Vermillion a little short here because they did hang with Yankton as well. So this will be a bit of a, this could be a tougher game than maybe I, I'm thinking. So I apologize for that, but. The key is going to be on the defense. What can they slow Vermillion down from doing? Can they keep in that 20-point range or, or below, you know, because they get probably a few more points than they want against Lennox. What do they do against Vermillion here? And when do they start pulling – when when can they start pulling away from, from Vermillion? Because, like I said, Vermillion played Yankton close. They played Sioux Falls Christian close. And, you know, they they were okay against against West Central. So, you know, I shouldn't I, – that, that one in five is a little deceiving with Vermillion when you go through their record. They've played some good teams tight. And and Dakota Valley, to their credit, has played good in close tight games too. Yeah, they're one, uh, after their one against Millbank. Their next three wins were by a combined five points against Sioux Falls Christian, West Jeez. Central, and Del Rapids. West Central moved into the rankings this week, and Del Rapids was ranked number two. So I wasn't too surprised those games were close. I wasn't surprised the game with Sioux Falls Christian, who is two and four, was close. But Sioux Falls Christian was receiving votes at one time. Del Rapids is five and one, the only loss being two. Dakota Valley and West Central is four and three. So, um, so, so yeah, those schools there. Um, yeah. So Dakota Valley has been making plays late in close games. So that, that should be the key here too, against Vermillion. If it is close do they keep, they still keep making those close plays. Yeah. Yeah. I think it'll, I hope it'll be a close game. Those, those are fun to see. And, uh, I've seen a couple so far this year, so hopefully I can see another one. If you want to know what's going on throughout the game on Friday night and don't want to brave the cold, follow me on Twitter at Zachary W. James, and I will have a recap in Sunday's Sioux City Journal. On the Nebraska side, not a whole lot going on in South Sioux. It's still in the regular season. I think there are a few schools on the Nebraska side, too. Are there any Nebraska games that stick out to you? Coming up, on yeah. Uh, Pender's got a good game. I got to pull it up here um, as well. That, that's a team that that's fighting for for the playoffs. Um, they, they they've had a good season. Allen, by the way, I should say is is five and zero from what I know. Um, that was a fun team to watch. Yeah, it, it it really is a fun team to watch, and, and them being where they are right now, I think it, it, it's really big. Um, they beat Walt Hill eighty one to twelve this past week. Um, they've got Emerson Hubbard. So that should be another win. Allen's probably going to go into the playoffs at six and well, six and zero. So because Emerson Hubbard is struggling, they're they're one and six on the season. Pender is four and three. They're coming off of 71-12 win over Emerson Hubbard. Ever since losing to Allen, they they beat Walt Hill sixty-seven to sixteen, and and Emerson Hubbard seventy-one twelve. They do have Homer this week. That's a four and three Pender team against three and four Homer team. I, I expect that to be a game that Pender wins by about twenty points there. Um, in that aspect, Homer's better than they've been the past couple of years. But Homer, Homer has their wins over Randolph, Emerson, Hubbard, and Walt Hill. Those two teams have a combined three wins. When they played Laurel Concord, Coleridge, they lost seventy-eight fourteen. They lost to Bloomfield forty to nothing. That and you know Bloomfield's traditionally really good. They lost to Why Not thirty-four twenty. Why Not is four and one, and and Allen absolutely pounded them fifty to thirteen. So I I feel this is a game that that um that Pender can easily handle here and, and be a good spot for them. I think at five and three, they make or yeah, five and three, they make the playoffs. Um, I mentioned Laurel Concord Coleridge, uh, their team. I, I really like how they're playing right now. Evan Hayes is, is really running well. And remember that name for basketball season too. So 
They did yes. lose to Wakefield last week in a tight game, 30-24, to 24, but they are 5-2. and two. They've got Lutheran High Northeast, and that's at Lutheran High. So um, uh, that's over by the Norfolk area. It'll be interesting to see how they do there. Um, their other losses to Stanton, who is five and one. They have, you know, they have beat up on some bad teams like a Wisner, Pilger, Hardington, Newcastle, Plainview. But you know, they, that Wakefield team, if they're eligible for the playoffs, they'd be one of the top seeds. They played them close uh, in that aspect. Um, and so, so that'll be see. It'll be interesting to see what uh, Laurel Concord Coleridge does this week. Hardington Cedar Catholic has, has been playing well. Um, they're six and one. They are at Ponca this week, so that should be an easy win. Then, then they've got Norfolk Catholic uh, in two weeks. Um, C2, the, the eight-man start next week. Then the C, C2 and above start the week after that. Um, I'm sorry, Class A starts next week too, but I don't have any Class A schools because uh, South Sioux has moved down a class, um, so they're ineligible for the Class B playoffs. So the Class B and Class C start in two weeks. The D's start next week, and it'll be interesting to see how hard that, that Norfolk Catholic versus Harden Cedar Catholic game will feel like a playoff game next week, though. So, and I should Very say, Harden Cedar good. Catholic's one loss is to Oakland Craig, who um, yeah, that's a good team, absolutely looking to repeat as as the C two champion after demolishing everyone last year. Yeah, that sounds like a good game coming up on the Nebraska side of things. You're listening to the Sioux City Journal Preps podcast here on SiouxCityJournal.com. And wherever you get your podcasts, I'm Zach James. He's Justin Rutz. And now we'll kind of shift over to the volleyball side of things. Last week we learned of the IGHSAU uh, volleyball brackets for all the classes. And uh, I think the thing that stood out to us, Justin, was Galen Catholic and Weston Christian have pretty good pass through to the state tournament, but they're not the only. Yeah, two. Galen Catholic. I think they're t- if they were to make it, they're probably going to play on uh, CRU to get the state. And just the difference of schedules that that Galen Catholic has played compared to MMCRU, it is not even close. Like if you put strength to schedule on there, Galen Catholic strength to schedule is so much tougher than MMCRU. And Galen Catholic has won thir- fourteen straight matches, I believe. Um, they're really on a roll since everyone came back healthy. Um, MMCRU and they fight tougher opponents. They haven't been able to hang with them. They they are a good team though. Uh, but if you neutralize Jalen Bork, that that really takes a lot of their offense away. So it, it will be interesting to see a Galen Catholic versus MMCRU final. See how that's handled. Uh, to see if MMCRU can step up to the occasion. But Galen Catholic's playing so well, so they they, they should be able to roll in one A. Now the other the other team in one A that you kind of keep a look on is New Fonda. They've got a tougher bracket. They should be able to make it to the to the regional final. Um, but there they'd probably face Coon Rapids Bayer, and that's an, that's an eight versus ten matchup right there, and that, that that should be a really good match. Unfortunately, it's in Carroll, so we, uh, that'd be a long ways to go right there for that. But that'll be interesting to see if yeah. Noel Fonda yeah. can put that together. Uh, that'll be a tight match to get state with with Noel Fonda and Coon Rapids Bayer. Yeah, you you mentioned two A Western Christian should make it to state. Um, they're in the same region as Emmitsburg, and honestly, I'm not high on Emmitsburg at all. That's that's a team that uh, is pretty mad to me. So I think, you know, it, even if it's a tough match, you, you've got to give what, what the schedule Western Christian plays. that They're prepared for postseasons like that. So so um, I think I think they make it on. I mean, their first-round matchup is going to be against a good Central Lion team who might be better than Emmitsburg, honestly. But Western Christian handled them at the tournament this past weekend. So I think it should be clear sailing for Western Christian. Same with Boyd and Hall. Um, Boyd and Hall actually played Western Christian in the championship this past weekend at the Western Christian tournament. Um, they're t- they, they, they're in the same bracket as Alta really is not bad. And neither is Hinton. I think Alta really is a little better, but Boyd and Hall should have much trouble with Alta really. Uh, much tougher schedule for Boyd and Hall there. You know, on the other side, you got Ridgeview, Lawton Bronson. And, you know, I saw Lawton Bronson, and, and I'm hoping I saw the worst of Lawton Bronson because they did not look good against Westwood. That's not something you can have happen against a Boyd and Hall team that, you know, I, I've been down on for a bit, but they've really come along. I talked to Tammy Verbeek about them, and, and she says they are really good in the middle. Um, then you add uh, uh, Macy Verhoff in there, who really came on. And, I, I, you know, Macy Verhoff, I didn't see much of at the MLC tournament, but She's really come on since, and that's made Boyd and Hall such a, a really good team. And Joel Bergstrom is a good setter for them, so that, uh, that really helps too. So, and Ridgeview's good, 
but I, I don't think it's at the same level as Boyd and Hall. So I, that's where I put Lon Bronson Ridgeview. I think Boyd and Hall is just a step above him. Upsets can happen, but I think it, 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 Boyd and Hall is given kind of an easier bracket there in 2A. When you look at 3A, this is where things get, get a little dicey here. Um, if you look at 3A Region 1, you know how in soccer they have the bracket of death? This is, the, this is easily the region <laughs> of death. You know, Unity Christian on that one side, yeah, they Okaboji, Spirit Lake, and Esterville Lincoln Central aren't that tough. Spirit Lake is playing a little better, but Unity Christian should, should roll past Okaboji. They should roll past Spirit Lake, Esterville Lincoln Central. They should be in the regional championship. The question is, who do they face? Because on the other side, you have Sioux Center, West Lyon, Cherokee, and Sheldon. Cherokee is ranked yeah. 14th. Sioux Center is ranked 13th. West Lyon's not ranked, but they are a dangerous squad. And Sheldon's not ranked, but they are very dangerous. I actually uh, kind of mentioned that to Grace Anderson. She's like, yeah, uh, the Cherokee coach. And she kind of laughed because she's like, yeah, it's, it's not an easy bracket. But um, I'm really interested in a Sioux Center. Ver- uh, I mean, Cherokee Sheldon is going to come down the wire. Um, but Cherokee does have a couple win. Boy, now, now I'm starting to question. I looked at the schedule right. Cherokee does have a couple of wins over Sheldon this season. So I'd probably be giving my advantage to Cherokee there. Cherokee Sioux Center, I think, would, after watching Cherokee against Western Christian on Tuesday night, um, that Cherokee team ha- has the tools. They have the weapons. Uh, they, they, they can give Sioux Center all they can handle. So man, they might be able to give Unity all they can handle too. So I think Unity is the team that can come out of that region, but that championship game is not going to be easy. And whoever ends up in that championship game, Will, will, will be very, very interesting. And um, mentioning the hitters for Cherokee, you've got Jermaine Nichols. You've got uh, Tegan Slaughter, Grace Anderson. You know, Cammie's Weefel is a very good setter. She's a very good server, too. So they, they've they they got the pieces. But like I said, will they get all that first-round match with Sheldon? I think so, but then you got Sioux Center. But will Sioux Center get past West Lyon? I, I think so, but it'll be a, another tough match. And... um. Yeah, Cherokee. Oh, Cherokee split with Sheldon this season at two two different tournaments. They won the last one as at the MLC Floyd Valley tournament, and well, I don't think that's right because I was at that tournament. And they weren't there. That was a triangular. That was a triangular. I'm sorry. So, and then um, and then uh, earlier at the Sheldon early bird tournament, uh, Sheldon got them. So, I think ultimately it it's Sioux Center versus Unity Christian, but I think Unity Christian's the one that comes out of that that tough region. In the region two for three A, you've got MLC Floyd Valley, who I think you know they, they'd probably have, they, they're going to have to face Carol Kemper in the second round. Um, either I get I, I shouldn't discount OABCIG like that, but uh, Carol Kemper is a team that you usually expect to be at the state tournament. Um, but they are a bit down this year. They're not they're not the you know the powerhouses that they, they've usually been. Um, they are. They are twenty and eight this season, seven and three. They're not ranked. They are on a bit of a winning streak too, so that's why I expect them to see Floyd Valley to face in the second round. So that's not an easy match right there. They've won five straight. Their losses to Glenwood in the conference game, and they, they've won um, seven of their last eight matches. So um, I'm sorry, that was a postponed game against Creston. They have won ten out of their last eleven matches. So they're they're on a pretty big roll right now. Um, so that could be an interesting match, MLC versus Carroll Kemper. So I was I was kind of looking ahead at the regional championship being MLC Floyd Valley versus Humboldt. But you look at that that semifinal game, MLC against Kemper Catholic, that could be a big match right there. Yes, I, I am putting MLC Floyd Valley past Bishop Helan. I, I just you know Helan's better than they were last year, and Lauren Brobes has done a really good job with that program. But that's too much. I, I just do not see him sticking with MLC Floyd Valley right there. It's a really good team there really determined this year. So I don't see Floyd Valley against Carroll Kemper Catholic. It's going to be a very, very marquee matchup there. And I, I expect the whoever wins that match should be facing Humboldt, who was pre, who was undefeated when this came out. Um, but they're, they're ranked, but they have lost a couple matches. I think they're 30-2 and two now. They've played a lot of matches. So that that's going to be a tough one to get the state against Humboldt right there. So class three is where our actual toughest matchups are. Um, and then when you go to 4A, uh, Sergeant Bluff has the winner of Lamar's and Spencer. They should handle them. Carroll should handle the winner of Denison, Schleswig, and Storm Lake. So it's going to be St- Sergeant Bluff-Luton versus Carroll. Um, 
Sergeant Bluff Luton is working on some things right now, especially in the back row. That first pass um, is key right there. Uh, they need to play a little better in the back row. Um, but they're, they're getting better. Um, I think this past week at, at, at Western Christian really helped out against the competition they faced. So I think Terrell will push them. But, uh, you know, I think Sergeant Bluff has a good chance to, to make state in that one. And 5A, you have East, who finally entered the rankings at, at number 15. They'll face the winner of North and West, presumably North. They'll get they'll get North again. Um, North took that first set from East this year, then it was all East after that. We'll see what North can do this time around. I, I was really liking the way East was playing. They went 3-2 and two at the Western Christian Tournament. They did take a set from Western Christian, the only team to do that this past weekend. But three and two at that tournament was kind of telling because they're going to have to face Dowling Catholic because I, I, Thomas Jefferson is not pulling off the upset against Dowling. That that'll be number one versus number fifteen. Uh, I beating yeah. Bigger upsets have have happened before, especially no, that wasn't except that especially except that was number five Dowling Catholic team. This is the number one ranked Dowling Catholic team. And and I, I have been thinking about that basketball one too, but the thing the thing is, Dowling Catholic was kind of a a one trick team, and 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 they they kind of I thought Coach Trent had a really good game plan there against Dowling Catholic in basketball. Now now you've got yeah, Dowling who isn't just feed one person and it's all it's all going to go from there. Dowling is a deep team, and I. I, I do not like this matchup for, for East at all. I, I really don't. They've got four players with more than 100 kills. Um, Olivia Nahas has 207 kills. Lauren Havlick, 168. Isabel Kronberg, 136. Emerson Teeley, 124. And Samantha Schroeder, 72. This is where East back row has to play very well against so many weapons. Mm-hmm. Um, Sophia Pinovic spreads the ball around so well. I trust East hitters. In fact, I think maybe Riley Donahue needs a few more kills, a few more attacks, but you know, with Donahue, uh, Leanna uh, um, Wells, um, Taylor Drent, and uh, Alex Radcliffe, those are four really good hitters. But it's the back row that's going to have to come up big and the block. And I, I and I, you brought up the basketball, and that's why we, we, we've talked about that basketball game. But you know, there isn't a Caitlin Clark. There's a bunch of very good players, though. So, and the back row has played pretty well for Dowling this year too, led by Anna Flynn. So, mm-hmm. I don't know. It's when you go three and two at the Western Christian tournament, that's not bad. But when you're talking about facing the number one team in class, in class five A, three and two. Looks looks more like one and four all of a sudden because you need. I needed to see more out of yeah. East this past weekend in order to. Yes, I did take a set from Western Christian. That was nice. They didn't win it, and that's the kind of opponent that Dowling's going to present to them. Maybe they want to set against Dowling, but they're going to have to play their best match ever in that back row. They're going to have to play better than what they did against Sergeant Bluff Luton, plain and simple. And Sergeant Bluff Luton helped them out a bit with some service errors, and not some crisp passings. So they need some help from Dowling too. So. I may, I mean, yeah. sounding like negative Nancy on this one, but it's, it's, that's, it's, you're asking David to beat Goliath right now for, for East against Dowling. And yes, it happened in the Bible. I get it. This is, this is a different thing. This is, it's, this is a monumental task right here. Even bigger than it would have been in basketball, to be honest. So just out of personal curiosity, if it's thought just popped in my head, and I know you haven't seen Dowling in person, but who would win a match between Weston Christian and Dowling? Uh, since I haven't seen Dowling, I don't know. Uh, I'd have to say, looking at Dowling's schedule, that's that's interesting because Western Christian went to Des Moines and beat a bunch of teams in Des Moines. Uh, they beat Ankeny Centennial for one, just to put it that way. Um, Dowling does have wins over... Dyke New Hartford, they do have a sweep over Ankeny Centennial. Let's see what those scores were. That, that, that'd be what tells it. 25-19, 25-23, 25-18. Not horrible, but, you know, they did distance themselves. That's, that's a really good Ankeny Centennial team. They, 
They beat Ur- they swept Urbandale. They beat uh, Waukee. Um, Southeast Polk, I believe, is a very good team. I'll just pull up my 5A rankings here because I don't dive too deep in the 5A rankings sometimes, and I apologize for that. But I don't have to look at them a ton sometimes. Um, right. So uh, when I pull up the volleyball rankings from the 8th, Urbandale's ranked ninth. Um, Southeast Polk is not ranked, so that's that's not one there. Um, oh, Ankeny. They, they, they've played Ankeny. Ankeny is ranked number two. Ankeny won that match. So Ankeny's got a win over, over Dowling. Dowling also has a win. Actually, has, they've faced – so Ankeny and, and Dowling have faced three times. Dowling's won two of the matches. The first one went five. The second one went three. Now in a tournament, then Ankeny won the uh, another one in four. So wins over Waukee. Boy, I just it'd be interesting. I guess I guess what we'd be able to tell is Western Christian if they make it to the to the tournament title this week at the Healing tournament, they'll probably be facing Omaha mm-hmm. Scott. So maybe ask me in a week when, when Western Christian faces Omaha Scott and how they do against Scott because Scott's better than Dowling. So Yeah, yeah. Scott was ranked like what? Number one in the at one point. They're not number one anymore, but they're still a highly ranked team yeah. in the nation. Um to be honest, I don't know how they come up with their national rankings in terms of, of volleyball teams, especially during a pandemic right now. So I do not know. All I know is that Omaha Scott is very good. They have dropped a game in Nebraska this year. Um, and such, but they're top five nationally ranked. Um, we'll see how Western Christian does against them, and we'd see how they do against Dowling. So maybe that's maybe that's a game on after championship yeah, I, championship is done. Maybe just roll the ball out there and see if they want to play. So. Yeah, that'd be that'd be a heck of a match. Just do it in Cedar Rapids. There, there wouldn't be any any I will, problem I will with say that whatsoever. Would have something to say about that too. So yeah. <laughs> I'm sure they would too. Uh, Dowling did sure sweep Doug too, this past weekend, though. So, right. One quick hit on Dakota Valley. They do play in the Dakota 12 Conference Tournament coming up this weekend. Of course, Sioux Falls yeah. Christian, a good team there, who the, who the Panthers are very familiar with. There, um, how big of a match is that if, if the uh, Panthers and Sioux Falls Christian meet this weekend? Does that does that predicate anything for maybe? They've seen each other once. I get that. Maybe a second time doesn't matter. It's the third no, time. No, I think you're, I think you're exactly right here. I think it, it does have a lot of meaning because both teams are going to want this for scouting purposes. Dakota Valley is going to take what they saw the first time against uh, Sioux Falls Christian. That got what, kind of lead supplying one of the sets. No, it's 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 definitely something that needs to be looked at. They they won't face each other in the regions because they're in different regions. So I, I think this is good for both of them because. This way we can see what adjustments Dakota Valley makes to try and get back with Sioux Falls Christian. Sioux Falls Christian's now seen Dakota Valley. What adjustments do they make this time around? And what do they learn from that to carry over to what could be a third third showing at state? So, yeah, I think it's really important here. It's still one versus two. And looking at the seed points, there is a chance that Dakota Valley loses this match. They would not go in as the number two seed to state. Yeah, heck, they would maybe not even be a top three seed. But I don't. How big I don't, would I don't that know. Be? Some of this is kind of subjective because should Wagner. Hill City has a 40.8 seed, and so does. Rapid City Christian, wow, that one, I don't, that's interesting. But also, I think they do that that Super 16, so that could knock off a Hill City or, or, or Rapid City Christian. That could knock off a Wagner who's sitting there at 6-1. and one. But, and that's the thing, Wagner's 6-1. and one. So they haven't played that many matches because of COVID. So so that that's kind of concerning. So these seeds can change. There's still about two, three weeks for these seeds to change. So I think the Super 16 could help out as well, knocking some of these teams off. Aberdeen Roncalli is a really good team, though. So that's one team seated ahead of Dakota Valley right now. And it's it's uh, Aberdeen Roncalli's seed is 43.471. Did 
Dakota Valley seed is 43.462. So it's only 0.009, you know, nine thousandths off. So so these seeds could change a lot. So so that could be a thing. But, it, it, you know, this could help for seeds right here too. I mean, strength schedule will help. Just even playing the match is going to help Dakota Valley seeding right now. Um, so, yeah, we'll see what adjustments both teams have made against each other for a potential, you know, state title game here in, in, in about a month. All right, I'm going to let you catch your breath, and I'll talk about cross country for about five or ten minutes as we head towards the state Well, we, 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 we can switch states. gears here, and I can ask you the questions. The, the team rankings came out today. North fell sure. a spot to sure. number three. But in the individual rankings, I see they had three in the top ten. What's what's the key for North here? Because it seems yeah. one, two, and three. It's uh, Dowling Catholic, Dubuque, Hempstead, and North. Um, those are the three teams. How close is North with those teams, and how much? And, and what is it going to rely on? We've seen Will Lohr move into the top five. Jason Bowers is number one, of course. What's going to be the key here? Because Colin Greenwell wasn't ranked, but North had, I believe, five runners ranked in this, or six runners ranked. Mm-hmm. So I, I think it is the back end of, of uh, North's lineup. I think it's going to come down to the back end of each team's lineup. And, and North is right there with um, the Dowlings, the Hempsteads, the Cedar Falls is. They are in that echelon of winning a state championship coming up here in a couple weeks. Um, Bowers is number one. That's for sure. Yeah. Will Lohr is having a heck of a season, like you said. Yep. And, and Gabe Nash. Gabe Nash is probably and, the most impressive season. And he's ranked number 10 in the latest rankings, lineup. correct? But, yes. He's really had a yes, good yes, breakout season. Yes. He's, had, he's had an incredible season. I think he's had the best season of those six so far. But it comes, does come down to the back end of that lineup. It comes down to Bashana Gutima. It comes down to Yamani Kifley. It might come down to not now Kifley, a freshman who's come – been in the varsity lineup the last couple of weeks to kind of step in for Colin Greenwell. If if it's Greenwell, he'll have to step up and and kind of pack with those back end guys. But I think the mindset of the stars right now, and I think it's the absolute correct mindset, it's focusing on making sure those four through six guys keep up with Will and Gabe. And if they can, there's there's a definite chance that. The stars could come out with a state championship. They proved they proved it at the Steve Johnson invite in Waverly a week and a half ago. Bowers ran, I think, the 14th fastest time in the country that week uh, with a 14-15.05, I think. I'd have to double check on that. And then the four, five, and six just packed together really, really well. And that's what you need in a good cross country team. And and that's gonna what has come going to come down to for North. Uh, it's those four through six, six guys. If those four through six guys can finish in the top 15, top 20, the stores are definitely going to win the state title. And they have to start doing thinking about that this week at the conference tournament. The conference tournament is down in uh, Council Bluffs on Thursday, and the state qualifying meet is also down in Council Bluffs next Wednesday. And that's where the stores need to start thinking about their approach. And they have all year, don't get me wrong, but this is where it ramps up. This is where the postseason really starts is the conference meet. And I think the Stars will they'll, they'll win the conference title, but I'm eager to see how the back end of their lineup does against the competition that they're familiar with. Now, on the girls' side, it's Kaya Downs' world, and we're, we're just all living in it. She is having an unbelievably well, good season. Well, let, look, looking at Kaya, she says, She's having a very good season, but she fell in the rankings again to number 10. What does she need to do? She's having a, an unbelievable season for this area. What does she need to do? She hasn't seen the same yes, competition yes, as the North true. boys have. How big is the Merak meet for her? And especially how big, how strong was she's going to make state? How strong, and, and the girls team has a chance to make yeah. state for oh, yeah. as well. How strong of a showing does Kaya need to have? Next week at the re- at the at the state qualifying meet to really open some eyes and say maybe she can finish top well, five or, or or what needs to happen for her. Well, next week's meet is a quasi conference meet part two with Indian Olin Johnston being thrown in there too because Sergeant Bluff and Helen will be at the Spencer meet. But um, 
Kaya, Kaya does need to show a little bit more competitiveness. And you're right. She hasn't seen the same level of competition that the North boys have seen. And that's no, no, no fault of yeah, her at all. That's no fault of East. That's, that's no fault of anybody. But it's just the fact that she, she hasn't seen the same type of competition. And the Des Moines metro area has a heck of a lot of good competition and a heck of a lot of good new competition because Ankeny's number one has a shot to win it all now. Um, Ashlyn Keeney over in Iowa City Liberty is one of the best in the state. Um, there's a plenty of others. That and that's the thing. You mentioned down, Johnson but... and Indianola are going to be at the meet. And I feel that's huge for Kaya because you have Aaliyah uh, Tenpass, who's ranked seventh ahead of Kaya. You have Emily Naughton. You have Emily Naughton, who it just dawned on me, might be some relation to John Naughton, former Des Moines. You may see John at that meet then uh, at state qualifier yep. meet. So there you go. So, yeah, that'd be um, awesome Former Des Moines register, uh, very well known around the state, John Naughton. Uh, very, very nice. Yes, Still yes, kidding, really nice around guy. In the uh, fedora wear. Um, soup maker. He's, he's a very nice guy. Yes, exactly. Um, but Hall Emily Naughton will be Hall there. She's a sophomore from Indianola, ranked eighth. So uh, if if it seems like those two right there, and, and then you have Olivia Verdi, who's ranked 11th right behind, behind Kaya, and you have Bella Heikes from, from Johnson at number 16. How important is it for her to run really? Mm-hmm. I, I feel like this is the meet where she can really prove a lot if she beats those girls. So I don't really think she cares about the ranking. What Coco and, and I, 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 I agree. With, I, I agree. With was, the she doesn't she, care about it, but the, also, but at this point, you also need to run well against girls who are ranked this high, though, too, because this this is the right. toughest competition she, she will right. see this year. So, right, I agree. So, what Coach Coach Rick Clarehan told me in the preseason was considering that she's not going to face the same type of competition throughout the regular season was Kaya was just chasing yeah. the clock, basically. She was racing the clock. She was trying to get personal bets every time out. Now, and I think she'll do that Thursday, too, at the conference meet, because I think she wins the conference meet yeah. by over 45 seconds. But at the district meet, at the state qualifying meet, I think you're right. I think she, I think with her scene competition go up against her and maybe she hasn't seen that since state i think that turns on an, another light bulb in her head saying hey i'm not just racing the clock anymore i'm racing against other good runners and i think that'll allow her to race more competitively and because she's raced against herself even essentially throughout the whole season that helps her tr- that helps her prepare for that meet that helps her maybe kick into a high gear maybe start her kick maybe a few hundred extra meters earlier, which I think she can. And going up against the Indians and the Dragons next week, I think will help her, will allow her to do that. And I think maybe she won't look as sharp maybe next week, seeing that, not that competition, but I think it'll light a, I think it'll light a fire, fire under her and give her, what, nine days to prepare for a state meet where she'll see that type of competition. And I think coaches Rick Clarehand and uh, Nick Gall will help Kaya keep that fire burning for nine days and get her ready for uh, Bishop Heelan is also ranked the in top five right now. Do you feel they're a top five team right now? It's, it's been a little tough because they, they haven't, you know, they'll face some 4A teams, but those 4A teams they've been facing aren't ranked. So so is, is Heelan a top five team? Are they well-rounded enough? Because, I mean, it's a little surprising to see him top five without Ashley Asaw or a- a- Amber Asaw, but yeah, without Amber right. Asaw, but they, they've, they've been running pretty well this year, it seems. Yeah, and in first spots yes. and prayers to Todd Rorig, uh, he was cross country coach. Um, he had a death in his family over the weekend, and uh, uh, we just sent our thoughts, our prayers, our. our our condolences to the whole healing community and hopefully everyone can rally around each other in these tough times. But um, yeah, I think healing does have the wherewithal to pull it together and, and, and get a top five spot. Um, I think they have a chance to win the conference team title. Um, they may even have an outside shot to win the uh, state qualifying team title as well, but just what um, from Grace Mahaney is doing, Mia Conley, 
all those girls, I, I think Keelan's putting together a solid season, not in an electric season like what Kai is doing, but they're quietly putting together a solid season, building for the state meet, and maybe they can surprise some heads again by putting in not only a top five spot, but maybe contend. Yeah, for freshman a uh, Brooklyn Stanley, uh, Caitlin spot. Stanley's younger sister. She's been a she's been a big asset for that Helan team. And yes. I'm gonna take a guess that she's pretty good at basketball too. So, so I, I'm I'm taking a guess that we may see her on the basketball <laughs> I court hope too. So, yes. Um, she she's actually turned in maybe their number one there over yes. Grace Mahaney, which has been huge because <laughs> if she can come and do that right away, that's so I think that's been key for Helan in that one. Um, Brandon Kane sitting there at number yes. two right yes. there. Um. I'm, gu- I'm guessing, uh, yeah, with his first year out, I'm guessing. My goodness. Him. With the way he's running, would you be surprised if he wasn't in the top five at the state meet? Yeah. I would be surprised if he wasn't in the top five. I mean, he's just having uh, – I, I think he's in I, I think he's in contention for male – Well, we, 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 do, we do have a track I, I season. I think yet, he is. What That's, he's doing I'm, – I'm, this... I'm saying that just because I'm hoping we have a track season. Yes, yes. <laughs> But yes, you're right. He's in the running for yes. Yes, yes, and he's been a. But but he's he's had a solid track career too. But for, but like I've said in past podcasts, track and cross country are two different animals. And for him to go from football to cross country in his first season as a senior and do what he's been able to do this year, he's he's been acting like he's been doing this for multiple years, and this is just his first year. He doesn't care about strategy all that too much. He just goes out and runs, and that's worked for him so far. And some runners it does, and some runners it doesn't. But it's worked for Brandon, and I expect him to keep that same type of mindset. I don't think that the scene will get too big for him because he he doesn't know what this is like. He doesn't know what the conference meet is like. They've already ran the conference meet. He's a conference champion already. Uh, he doesn't know what the state qualifying meet will be like. He doesn't know what the state meet will be like. And having that type of, I don't want to say innocence per se, but just having not those scary feelings of what maybe the shoot will be like or what those middle middle parts of the meet will be like because there are some tight corners on the state course. Um, he doesn't know about any of that stuff. He can just go out and run. And, and I think that will benefit him. And I do think Brennan Kane will be a top-five runner at uh, State. W- I absolutely C- do. Uh, Woodbury do. Central, Kingsley Pearson, they dropped to number seven in the rankings this week. Um, I wonder if that's just kind of lack of, of, of meets lately or something like that. Um, it, it seems like it's pretty jumbled right there at the top for, for the girls 2A. I, it's going to be very competitive. I see Denver at number eight. Sibyl so Cheaton slipped in at number 10, um, by the way. So that's, that's nice to see that. But do you, uh, yeah. um, what do you, you're seeing WCKP this weekend. Um, why kind of the slip, or is it just because two A is that deep, or and, and it's just gonna be that competitive a race in two A? I think it's a combination of all three things, honestly. And I think another thing, another factor to throw in that too, is that WCKP they're having a lot of I want I want to say different results because I don't think that's true, but. We're having different runners finish first. It's mostly been Erica Kuntz this year, but we've seen Erica Hammond, uh, Sarah E. Hammond, excuse me, finish at the number one. We've seen Sarah Putsy finish in that number one spot at times. So I think I, I think that's Iowa uh, track, Iowa Association of Track Coaches voters in that poll just aren't sure what to think about WCKP so so far, and and that's fair to say. But like you said. Um, the two-way field is really deep, too. you got Mid-Prairie, number one. Um, you've got another Hawks that were running for the Golden Hawks. And from what I've read and heard, she is incredibly good. You knew Williamsburg yeah. was going to be good coming into the season because they, I think they returned all five runners. Tipton's always competitive. Um, don't know much about Roland Story, Panorama, or Jessa. But I Jessa can tell you Roland Story is located in Story Well. Thank you. I, I gathered that. It's, <laughs> I, I gathered that. Yes, I do. Uh, yes, know, I do. Jayhawks. Too, so, yes. On your past career. Yes, you do. Yes, the Jayhawks. Yes. But, um, yeah, I think it is a deep field in, in the two-way girls field. Um, WCKP is going to have to have not a near perfect race at the state meet to finish in the top five, but I do think 
through top four will have to finish at least in the top 20 to be in that conversation with Golden Story, Panorama, or Jessup. I really don't think they're in that conversation with the Golden Hawks, the Raiders, and I can't think of Pitch's nickname off the top of my head, which is kind of embarrassing because I covered the River Valley Conference for three and a half years. But um, those three teams are going to be really competitive. And uh, I, I, but but it's good for WCKP to be in that conversation, no question about that. And like you said, Sibley and Tenth, that's really nice to see. And Cherokee slipping into the number thirteen spot on the girls' side in two way. Uh, Okaboji boys slipping in uh, at thirteenth in the two way boys, and, and sent George Little Rock Central Lion. Yeah, I think that's uh, that's key there. The teams. Teams. Cherokee is going to be there. They have a really good uh, at, at match is a really good runner there. Um, Central Line, Georgia Rock, racing against Sibley Elchina. I think that state qualifying meet is going to be really big for WCKP. Um, I think they yeah. win it. I think Sibley pushes them. But I think, I think that's big because you have a lot of good individual yes, runners in there, too. Like I said, the, the Western Christian's got some good individual runners, too. Unity hasn't been as good, but, you know, you always expect them to make a push this type of year, time of year. So I think that 2A meet could be, could be key yeah. to what we see out of WCKP at state. I think it could be the most competitive one out of the ones in the area, honestly. I mean, um, yes, I'll be covering the state qualify, 4A state qualifying meet in Council Bluffs next week, but I was at the 2A one last year, and it was probably the most competitive non-state meet I've covered in my career. So I expect that to be the same type, type of story. You said story. I thought, both the boys I thought the and the girls story wasn't next in week. Oh, wait, we're talking. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Bad joke. So... But yeah, that that seems to be about covering it for but, everything there. Um, keep up with everything next week. We're getting the postseason time around here. Um, you know, football playoffs start here, and then volleyball playoffs start next week. You have state state qualifying, so we're right around the corner. The state cross country meets coming up here at the end of October. Mm-hmm. Then we fly into state state volleyball. Um, the national, mm-hmm. and state volleyball is a week earlier than the state semifinals for football this year. So you go from state volleyball to the state semifinals, the state championships, and and I expect us to have. A, uh, a few team, at least two teams in a state championship game. Uh, we'll see how many for the state semifinals. Could be three, four, five, six. We'll, we'll see um, what teams make adjustments and such, and and it'll be an interesting next few weeks. Yes, you and I are going to be two very busy boys over the next forty days. But that, but uh, that's what that's the part of the fun of this gig is seeing good teams succeed and and seeing good teams. Um, compete for state championships, and we'll certainly see that over the next 40 days or so as uh, we approach the end of the fall season and transition into the end of the winter season. That'll do it for this edition of this SCJ Preps podcast. Thank you so much for listening. For Justin Russ, 